Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. God knows what he's doing and he knows what's best and we also know that God is a God of perfect timing it's us that sometimes get ahead of God and we want things to be accomplished now we want things to be over now in fact most of us have probably said in the last couple days I wish the the circumstances we're currently in would be over but God's timing is always perfect and he knows when to work and where to work And we're going to see this enacted in this passage today in the gospel record of Mark in chapter number 5. The gospel record of Mark in chapter number 5. And notice with me starting at verse number 21. Gospel record of Mark chapter 25, or chapter number 5, starting at verse number 21, the word of God says this. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side... Much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell down at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude throng thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And with this, if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark something we find in the gospel record of Mark, chapter number 5? The gospel record of Mark, chapter 5, and notice with me in verse 31. Mark 5 and verse 31, the Bible says this, Who touched me who touched me and with the lord's help we want to preach a message dealing with this woman with the issue of blood with jesus's question who touched me if you wouldn't mind let's go to the lord together and let's pray dear heavenly father thank you so much again for you being a wonderful god and i thank you that you're the god of healing 
You're the God of perfect timing. You're the God who knows what he's doing. And as we approach this passage here in this familiar Bible story, that we would also see it with new eyes and seeing the God behind the story, that it is Jesus Christ who has all power. You have the power to heal. You have the power to forgive. You have the power to make us whole. You have the power to answer prayers. And we're coming to you, the God of this power. And we also know that you are the God who sees beyond what we think we need But you also see what we truly need. Help us to learn to trust you with what you are doing. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now. And that you can give me the words to say to be a help and a comfort to these dear folks. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We come to this story which actually has... A story within a story. We start off with Jesus Christ as he comes back to the shores. And before they had chased him away. They had kicked him off. But now when he returned to the shores, everyone was waiting for him. One of the people that had heard about Jesus and was prepared for him was a man by the name of Jairus. And he came immediately to Jesus. And he fell down and worshipped Jesus. And he asked Jesus that my daughter, she's sick. You need to come heal her. And he had convinced Jesus. Christ to follow after him with the purpose of healing um, his daughter. Now we'll talk more about that on Sunday morning, but as Jairus is leading Jesus to his house, we're introduced to another lady, this woman with an issue of blood, and she is the central idea of what we're hitting tonight. If you don't mind, there are some things I want to point out about this woman. The first thing about this woman is that this woman was diseased. This woman was diseased. Notice with me in verse number 24. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. So everyone wants to see Jesus. Now again, it's hilarious, it's funny to think that before they chased him out of his coast. They kicked him out. But now everyone cannot wait to see him. They are all waiting to touch him, to throng him, to to be with him. And so it's not a nice orderly procession. It's not nice lines. They're not parting out of the way. But instead, it's like Black Friday sale at four o'clock in the morning. And they just open the doors. There's chaos. There's tons of people there. And here's Jairus trying to lead Jesus to the throng. And everyone's coming closer to Jesus. They're not moving out of his way, but they're all in the way. And Jairus, you could almost see him with his elbow and his arm just trying to shove people out of the way. He's got Jesus by the hand trying to pull him through the crowd. And the crowd is just touching him. And he's going through this mass of people where everyone wants to touch him. Everyone wants to see him. Everyone wants to be close. And everyone is pressed against him. That word throng is an interesting word. It carries the idea here that everyone is pressed into him and you could barely move. It's just that thick of a mass of humanity. Now in the midst of this mass of humanity, there's a woman. Notice in verse number 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. So here's a lady that has a very serious thing. That she's been bleeding for 12 years and it hasn't stopped. It's been non-stop. So here's a lady that has been uncomfortable for 12 years. How uncomfortable? Verse 26. And had suffered many things 
of many physicians. Now with a disease like this, something going on, nothing stopping it. She's gone to every doctor she could. She's gone to every therapist, every homeopathic, every wives tale she's tried. Everyone's looked at her. Everyone's She's been through many things that carries the idea that they've had her try this concoction, try this medicine, do this, do this. And she's gone through many things, through many doctors, and she spent all she had. So whatever money she had before, it's all gone. Twelve years is a long time. With this type of disease, she wouldn't be able to work. She wouldn't be able to be married. She's actually considered to a degree unclean. And so she wouldn't be a part of society like normal people would. And so she doesn't have the ability to earn a living. Uh, Everything's been sucked up by doctors, by people charging her. And she's now desperate. All human ideas, all human solutions, none of them have worked. She's at the place where she's diseased. She's under the law, she's untouchable. She's at a very bad spot. But in fact, notice what it said in verse 26. And she and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had. And notice this. And nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Instead of things getting better, it was worse. So now she's left with no hope. Nothing has worked. The doctor's prescriptions haven't worked. The therapies haven't worked. The suggestions haven't worked. The opinions haven't worked. She's tried everything man could possibly suggest and none of it has helped her. But in fact, she's worse off. Which brings us to another thing. Not only was this woman diseased, but this woman was desperate. This woman was desperate. For 12 years, she has searched for answers. And now she's at the very end where she has no other hope but Jesus. Notice with me in verse 27. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. So somewhere along the way, she heard that this Jesus guy, this Jesus guy He's able to heal. Maybe she heard it from the story of the maniac of Gadara who had an encounter with Jesus and the demons went away. And now he is seated, clothed, and in his right mind. And people are saying, look at him. That's an evidence of a changed life. He had an encounter with Jesus and it healed him physically. It healed him mentally. It fixed him. All he did was have an encounter with Jesus. Maybe she heard of another tale or another account of someone meeting with Jesus. And so her in her mind, she's now desperate. This is a woman who doesn't want attention. She's not trying to get uh, Jesus's attention. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just sneak up behind him, all I have to do is just touch him. And that's enough. She didn't want to give a big speech. She didn't want to be recognized. In fact, she's doing everything she can not to be recognized, not to be seen. And so now she gets into the press. There's so many people thronging about that you could almost see her hunched over and trying to push her way through and trying to come up behind him. Just if I could touch him. Just trying to push through people aside not to draw attention to herself. And finally, in verse 28, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. 
Here's a lady who's desperate. She's tried everything. All human advice has failed her. Now she says, if I could just get a hold of Jesus. That's all I could do. If I could just get Jesus, that's all that I need. She was a desperate woman. Notice if, as in verse number 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So here's a woman that's diseased. And now she's desperate. I could just titch Jesus' garment. That's all I need is to get by. Just to scoop past everyone. If I could just touch him. You could almost see it as in slow motion. Her hands just reaching by. And people just trying to get in the way. And she's not trying to get their attention. She's trying just to touch him. And finally she touches him. And the moment she gets a hold of Jesus. Immediately her disease is cured. Immediately it's washed out. Immediately she's felt whole. Can you imagine what that would be like after 12 years of fighting with this disease? 12 years of this issue of blood. 12 years of feeling horrible. It is finally gone. Just like that. Just that instant her disease was healed. Just because she was desperate enough to finally get a hold of Jesus. You know, sometimes people don't look for Jesus because they're not desperate enough. They're still trying to sort through all of man's ideas. Maybe someone has a problem with finances. Instead of going to Jesus first, they come up with their own schemes. Well, if I do this, and if I do this, if I figure this out, if I could do this, and they do everything they can to make it work. May I remind you, That we live life one of two ways. You either live your life by force or you live your life by faith. You either live your life trusting God or you live your life trying to force and scheme and manipulate. Let me tell you the faith life is the easy life. You know, you could take one of those old uh, preschool balls that have the different shapes on the other side and you could take a square peg or a, a circular peg and put it in the square hole. You can get it done if you manipulate and pound and make it work. You can make it work. But there was a lot of effort to get it done. God doesn't desire for us to go through that effort. But there's often times that we finally have to get desperate enough to give up. And say I'm just going to go to Jesus. Give up and just say I need to pray. But when we live our life by force, we're always trying to manipulate things to happen. We're trying to force our way to happen. We're trying to pound it in. And we come to the place of frustration. We come to the place where we're so aggravated. We come to the place of no rest, no peace. Because of the struggle that we have. But it's finally when we give up and say, I had no other choice but to go to Jesus. Let me tell you that when we come to that place... Jesus should have been the first place we would have went. It should have been the first place we've gone because that's the easiest way. Just like that, she was made whole. Just instantly, her disease was taken away because she went to Jesus. So we start off with this woman that she was diseased. Then we saw that this woman was desperate, finally desperate enough to make her way to Jesus. But we see something else about this woman. This woman was delivered. This woman was delivered. Now in the lady's mind, all she wanted to do was reach out, touch Jesus, get healed, and then get out of the way. 
There's a lot of people there. So she figured in her mind she could sneak in, sneak out. Nobody would notice her. But that's not how Jesus works. Jesus wasn't done with this woman. Because this lady needed more than physical healing. She needed spiritual deliverance. And Jesus wanted to make sure she had it. So notice if you don't mind what happens in verse number 30. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power, strength hath gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? So in the midst of this, you have everyone that's touching him, everyone with him. And all of a sudden he stops, stiffens up and turns around in the midst of the crowd. Who touched me? Who's touched my clothes? And he begins to ask. Notice in verse 31. And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? The disciples say, What are you talking about? Everyone's touching you. Who touched me? Everyone touched you. Why are you stopping? They didn't understand what happened. Verse number 32. And he, that's Jesus, looked round about to see her that had done this thing. Another gospel record tells the tale where he looks around and he's not moving until he gets an answer. Everyone kind of goes silent. Everyone's looking around. Jesus is looking in the crowd. He already knows who did it. What he's trying to do is trying to make things uncomfortable. Who touched me? Who got healed? And everyone's quiet, backing around, and this lady feels the spotlight on her. Even though she's still hiding in the crowd, the spotlight's on her. Finally, she comes meekly out, and that was me. Oops, hi. For those of you who are not social butterflies, can you imagine the whole crowd stopping and looking at you? Everyone looking at you. Jesus has stopped the whole parade. Who is it that touched me? And he's not moving. It's very clear that nothing's happening until someone admits to it. It's almost like when a parent get, gathers up all the children and said, Who did this? And they're all looking around silently. And time passes by slowly until finally someone's brave enough to admit it or someone is forced to admit it. This lady would have been happy if Jesus just would have said, All right, all right, who touched me? Okay, well, I got other things to do. But when it was clear he wasn't moving until someone answered, she finally comes out. Notice, if you don't mind, in verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling. Have you ever got caught? She got caught. Fearing and trembling, she comes out of the crowd. She's wondering if Jesus is going to take it away. Wouldn't that be horrible? Can you imagine all the things running in her mind? Is Jesus taking this away? I just got healed. Is he going to give it back? Am I in trouble? Is he going to yell at me? All of those things must be running through her mind as she comes to the crowd. And now they part for her when she was trying to be hidden. That was fine. But now everyone's looking at her. She can't hide now. Everyone's looking at her. Fearing and trembling, she comes out. And Verse 33, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, And told him all the truth. She was honest with him. You know what that is? That's called confession. Now when Jesus asked the question. Was he asking because he wanted to know the answer? 
He already knew the answer. Why did Jesus ask the question? He asked the question because he wanted her to admit what happened. That's called confession. It's almost like a parent who asks the kids, who did this or what did you do? Usually the parents already know the answer. They're not just trying to find out information. They want the child to admit what they did. This is exactly what's happening here. That he wants them to admit. This is the word confession. Jesus wanted her to confess. To agree with God with what he already knew. What had happened. I confess. I touched Jesus. The moment that I touched Jesus. I was made whole. She probably went on and explained the story. For 12 years I've had this issue of blood. For 12 years I've seen all the doctors. I've seen all the therapists. I've seen all the homeopathic people. I've seen all, hurt, done all the wives tale. And none of it has worked. So I figured that if I could just touch Jesus. So I showed up here today. And I stuck to the crowd. And it, it was me. I touched you. And the moment that I touched you. I was made whole. Verse number 34, how does Jesus respond? Is he going to yell at her? What's going to happen? Verse 34, and he said unto her, daughter. Oh, what a comforting thing that is. When he talks about this idea, daughter, he's addressing her. He's saying, you're part of the family now. You are accepted. He's, she's now been adopted in the family of God. He goes on, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. What we see is that this lady here needed more than physical healing. Now in her mind's eye, the biggest need of her life was physical health. But Jesus knew that wasn't the biggest need of her life. The biggest need of her life was forgiveness of sins. To be made whole spiritually. You know, God knows what we need more than us. And sometimes he allows things to pass in our life, not just to fix us physically, but sometimes he allows things to happen so we learn to trust in him and can be healed spiritually. God knows more of our problems than what we do. He knows us deeper. Sometimes people will say, well, I know what my problems are. My problem is I don't have enough money. Well, God can allow a situation where you need money But your real need is your need of him. You know the answer to every need we have is Jesus. You need wisdom, guess what you need? You need Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have wisdom. God can look beyond our physical needs and see our spiritual need. And he often can use these physical things in our life to draw attention to our spiritual problems, our spiritual issues of what we need. That's a wonderful God. Can you trust him? You know, we have to look beyond the circumstances and see the God of the circumstances. We need to see that there's a God who knows what we're going through and knows why he's allowed us to go through these things. He knows our need more than what we do. We just have to get desperate enough to get rid of all these other things and go to God first. And that God may direct us to doctors. He may direct us to this. He may direct us to this. But it is him that we're trusting on more than the physical. Our need of 
him. Now we're going through some circumstances in our life and there's some concerns about health. There's concerns about finances. There's concerns about uh, liberties and legalities. But the one thing that we do know that we need is that we need Jesus. And when we have Jesus, we can trust him to guide us through all of these other peripheral things, all these other circumstances things, that we have to realize that our biggest need is our need of Christ. And be free and welcome to confess to God what we need. Be honest with him and he can help us. I've told this before that the biggest sin, the biggest crime you could do in our household is the household of lying. Why? Because as long as they're honest with me, I can help them. The same thing's true with God. As long as you're honest with God, he can help you. Just go to him and confess your need. Maybe you have a problem today and maybe you think you know what your issue is. Talk to him Confess and say, God, I need you. I can't handle this. I can't deal with this. I cannot fix this. I need you. And let God work. Let God take care of what you need. Faith is the victory. We come to him. He is our great comforter. We have to lean on him. He is a great God. Can you trust him. Now I don't know what everybody's need is. I can guess. I can suppose. But you know what you need. And what you need most of all is for you to run to Jesus and talk to him. Maybe you are struggling with something. Go to him. Don't wait until things get worse. Don't wait till things get compounded. Don't wait till things get too late. Go to him. Maybe you have a family issue. Go to him. Maybe you have a physical issue. Go to him. Go to him. And he is able to work with you. And heal you. And not only take your physical needs. But also take care of your spiritual needs. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.